everyone and welcome to episode 54 of the Retrospectors podcast. My name is Patrick Arthur and I'm joined as always by my co-host James Sterlings. James, it's been a long time but uh, with episode 54 we're doing Burnout 3 and we're returning to the racing genre for the first time since episode 6. How does it feel returning to the genre after all this time? Yeah, really good, actually. I felt a bit guilty after I uh, subjected you to F-Zero GX as your first ever racing game, uh, which I didn't know at the time. So I was a little uh, skeptical at picking another one so soon after, but I thought it was time to, you know, give you another lap around the track. (laughs) I hope you uh, fared a bit better this time. I fared much better, and I think that in doing this, I've gained a greater appreciation for F-Zero GX. I mean, I think my review at the time all the way back for episode six was a fair review uh coming from the perspective of a newcomer to the racing genre but i almost want to go back and try it out again now that i've put a (laughs) bit more hours into it because i'm starting to better appreciate what that game did so well but i mean for this episode it's going to be an important comparison point so we'll get into that soon um James and I make up the Retrospectors podcast each and every fortnight. We play through a classic game of the past and we have a long-form discussion review of it to determine if it's truly a classic, if it's truly stood the test of time. This is not a nostalgia-driven podcast. We're not here to tell you about the historical context in which this game was released or our fond memories of the game, although that can come up tangentially. We just want to know if you would have you know, boot up this game today, just as James and I have done over the past fortnight as we've been battling our way through. What would the experience be like? Would it be worth your time? Would you have a good time? And what is it about these games that make it tick? So we are we're really about examining these classics of the past through a modern lens. The game we're doing this fortnight is of course, as we've alluded to, Burnout 3 Takedown, which is the the full title. Um, it was released in 2004, and it was made by Criterion Games. Uh, there's been many, many Burnout games in the series since then. Burnout 2 was a big breakout one, and Burnout Paradise was maybe one of the more recent ones. I, I don't really keep up with all the titles in this series, but I think it's fair to say that Burnout 3 is probably the one that's the most highly regarded historically. Um, if you ask mm-hmm. people about a burnout game from their childhood they'll almost definitely tell you burnout 3 was the one that made it special um so i guess the first thing to ask is james uh we've touched on your a little bit on your racing game experience so have you have you played any other burnout games have you played burnout 3 have you played many other racing games tell us a little bit yeah so i've played burnout 3 a bit i rented it from blockbuster back when uh you know blockbuster was still in business um and i played you know quite a bit of it although i'd have forgotten had forgotten the majority of the game i just remembered that i enjoyed it quite a bit uh other than that i played a lot of the need for speed games um i played mario kart pretty extensively and of course we played f-zero gx uh recently on the podcast so i'd say racing games are a genre that i'm not super familiar with but i do have a pretty good you know feel for them see me as i've said i'm pretty much a racing game noob i um (laughs) i did play and finish need for speed underground too 
but that was more like me bashing my head against the controls until I'd learned the basics of, yes, I should break when I get to corners instead of just running against the wall. Uh, <laughs> but I was playing as an idiot child, so I, I it's hard for me to have a mechanical appreciation of after that. And after that, of course, James thought I was ready for F-Zero GX, which I wasn't, <laughs> obviously. And then uh, I've played a bit of Burnout 3's crash mode before this, but it was, you know, at friends' houses, they'd bust out their Xbox and we'd crash into intersections for a bit. So uh, most of this game was brand new to me and uh, I'm still coming at this from, as a fairly inexperienced person in the genre. So, James, I played on an emulator. I played on PCSX2, I think it's called. Uh, and I had zero problems, uh, which is a delight. Because last time I used this PS2 emulator, I think it might have been for Sly Cooper or Silent Hill 2 or something. It was, and it wasn't very good. Yeah, it was pretty, I had that pretty buggy. Too. Yeah, I also read online that there were these ongoing issues with emulating Burnout 3 with lots of skyboxes disappearing and all that jazz. But... I didn't have any problems at all, and in fact, mm -hmm. I was able to like pump the shit out of this game's graphics, uh, and I had it running at like six times internal resolution the whole time. It actually, made it look you know a lot better than it did back on console. So, uh, really, zero problems with getting it to run uh, in the modern era. I certainly did not pump the resolution, which uh, is going to make our topic discussion on that fairly interesting. I, I even guess. linked you my settings so that you could do that, but uh, I guess you uh, ignored my uh, words of wisdom. Wow! So I, I did use your settings. So maybe, um, maybe I'm just more down on the graphics than I thought. Okay, sure. But uh, we'll, we'll talk about that later. Um, you know, when we get into our discussion about the graphics. Uh, sure. Yeah, so so it works fantastically, uh, which is always a good thing with PS2 emulation. It can be a bit hit and miss. Uh, so with that, I think it's time for us to start talking about this video game, James. What do you think? Yeah, let's do it. Where did you want to start? So I think we should introduce the, the concept of Burnout 3 as a racer, because there's lots of different kinds of races. Yeah, F-Zero GX, Mario Kart, and Burnout 3, of course. So I wanted to give the audience just a quick... Quick description on what Burnout 3 is like. Yeah, a bit of a rundown on the extensive and um, harrowing story of Burnout 3. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, as is the case with many of these racing games, there is literally no story in this game at all. The mode we were playing was World Tour, and what World Tour is is just all of the different races in the game uh, that you gradually unlock an order because there's like six or seven different race types as you play through and they get splattered across the map with only a small selection available to you at first. As you win medals in these events, you unlock more and more and more races. And as you win races, you win more cars and uh, so on and so forth. So you kind of just gradually play all the races as you go, unlocking more and more options as you go. Yeah, it's very arcadey in its presentation. There's like, uh, what, like 200, 300 races in total? There's a lot of content here for you to work through. Yeah, there's there's heaps and heaps and heaps. I didn't actually get through literally every race, but I got, yeah, I don't know, about two-thirds of the way through. Um, after that, we kind of decided we'd seen most of what the game had to offer. We'd done heaps of races in the top speed class of car and we're like, yeah, this is like we we obviously could keep going, but we thought we had a decent grip on the game. And it does start to get more and more challenging the further you get along. 
So Burnout 3 has, I would say, three primary game modes, with one of those game modes having a bunch of variants. So the first and most famous for Burnout 3 are the crashes, where you get a car and it has to ram into an intersection, picking up some multipliers and power-ups as you go. And when you hit the intersection, you try and cause the maximum possible damage. The second mode is Road Rage, where you basically are on an endless track. You're not trying to race to the finish line. You're just trying to battle other racers and destroy their cars while avoiding having too much damage done to your car to be disqualified. And then you have the race mode, and there's a few variants on this, like there's the eliminator mode where every single lap you complete eliminates the last person in the race, but they're mostly the same. You're racing against other cars to the finish line, and the faster you go, the better. James, I think that the best way to approach this discussion is to talk about Crash first, because we can talk about Crash without getting into the nitty-gritty mechanics of the game. And then we can go into the other modes. Is that okay with you? Yeah, sure. Why not? So uh, with Crash, I was initially really high on this game mode, uh, actually. I thought it was really fun to, you know, ram into an intersection and cause as much carnage as possible. I loved the way how, you know, after the dust had settled, the camera swept all over the intersection, showing you the exact amount of money uh, that had been lost in, you know, destroying buses and cars and bikes. Um, you know, that was really enjoyable for me. Um, I did find it got a little repetitive um, when you had to do like, you know, dozens and dozens of these. But to me, the Crash Mode did a pretty good job of being more like a puzzle game than I was expecting because initially when you start playing crash mode you just kind of like drive into the middle of the intersection and roll the dice on you know hitting as many cars as possible but as you kind of play it you realize that the best way to play is actually to be trying to hit these you know these little icons that are all over the playing field so there's like a a four times multiplier um and then there's like little bits of you know point values everywhere and if you go out of your way to hit all of the little point values and multipliers you can pretty often you know hit the score value you need to pass the level so it was ended up being a lot more deterministic than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, saying it's puzzle-like is accurate because the idea isn't to go as fast as you possibly can. It's to hit the multiplier because, unfortunately, I also was kind of a little bit off it the further I got into it once I realized that the puzzle of the Burnout 3 Crash Mode is literally hitting that multiplier. The multiplier... Yeah get increasingly hard to get they're usually right in the middle of the intersection in a slightly awkward spot but basically if you hit the multiplier everything else is irrelevant because getting four times you know 170,000 is infinitely more valuable than getting 300,000 by optimally crashing into traffic so the crash mode is basically how can I hit this multiplier and there's a little bit of finesse to it particularly because when your car, you have this, after you crash, you can make your car explode. And when it explodes, it flies into the air and you can control it while it's crashing. So there is a little bit of finesse and, and you know, skill to maneuvering your car into the multiplier. But that being the end goal uh, does mean that the experience is ultimately pretty shallow. I guess my enjoyment of the mode went from like, 
The first, like, two times I did it, I loved it because it was really novel uh, and it was, you know, something fresh, right? I've never really played another game that has this kind of game mode before. And then after that, when I felt like I was just, you know, randomly throwing my car into an intersection and hoping for the best, my enjoyment fell off a cliff because I was like, I really have no control over this, this isn't fun at all. And then when I realized I actually did, because, you know, if I hit all those multipliers, um, I'm pretty much guaranteed to win. I jumped back up again and I was having a great time. Where it fell off for me was how samey it got. Like, I would have liked some more obstacles or challenges to spice the game mode up, but it started to feel so samey after, you know, the 12th, 13th time you did these. Um, and I started, like kind of avoiding them and just doing more of the races because if you do more races you unlock more races and if you do more crash zones you unlock more crash zones so i unlocked like almost every race and maybe like i don't know like a quarter of the crash zones because of this yeah i think um it's two saving graces are the fact that uh num number one is as you said you don't have to do them and you can kind of pepper them in here and there in between the races when you want something a little bit different but i think the number one thing is that it's pretty fun and it's also a very novel and unique thing that mm. doesn't really exist in any other racing games as far as i know is it a deep experience that you can play for hours on end no is it an enjoyable diversion from the primary game mode of Burnout 3? Yes, I think so. Yeah. And yeah. and so I think the crashes are good overall, but you you can't play crashes for three hours in a row, or at least I couldn't. <laughs> I um I always wanted to get back to the racing like you, James. Yeah, because it's funny, because I think both of us had that same experience where we'd only played Burnout 3 previously at friends' houses when we were younger, mm -hmm. and um, whenever I did that, all we'd do was play the crash modes, because it was, you know, like, fun and silly, uh, and a good time with friends, right? Like, just yeah. sitting around and trying to get the best score. It's a fun party mode sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I really like it overall, but as you said, I think that um, if it was, like, mandatory and you couldn't do races unless you did these game modes, that would be a huge flaw of the game. Yeah, it'd be a big mess yeah, but overall, I really like the inclusion. It really adds a lot of personality to this game. Uh, Burnout 3 going for this, like, you know, really hard into this, like, I guess, street punk aesthetic with its, you know, uh, early 2000s soundtrack and Striker, the announcer, is very, like, you know, I'm going to feel like an old man saying this, but it's like you get this feeling of sticking it to the man the whole time you're playing really, the game. Really, James? Right? <laughs> St sticking it to the man? I do not get that at all. If anything, I find it kind of cringy in a lot of yeah. ways. Not the not whole like, game's aesthetic. Honestly, like, I feel like this is the kind of game that when it came out for the first time, it was like trying way too hard. But like uh, in retrospective, like I find it kind of endearing now. Yeah, I mean, I I don't. Know. Stick, I don't know about there's sticking like, it to the all, There's I, like all of these signs everywhere in block letters saying slow down or you're going too fast or stay in your lane, like that kind of thing. Here's what I'll say. I I think cringy is probably pushing it too far. I'm not I'm not literally yeah. cringing as strikers making his announcements or anything. I would say <laughs> that it's incredibly cheesy. Like I It is very I, cheesy. I took it in the spirit of it being cheesy fun and that's as far as i want to take it and god forbid anyone takes this shit seriously because it's all quite ridiculous but you know it's good fun i don't i don't want to say don't have fun with it but 
Come on, James. Sticking it to the man? Is this how we're going to achieve revolution? I mean, revolution? I feel like that phrase on its own is extremely cheesy, right? It's, like, uh, so stupid. Nobody would say that seriously. There's a radio announcer that is constantly on as you're... No, sorry, not constantly on. He kind of chips in now and then as you're driving around, and his voice is just, like... It's, like, peak early 2000s core. Yeah. Like... It's kind of how... Adults imagined kids in the 2000s spoke to one another. That's what this radio announcer is. How do you do fellow kids? <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. it exactly. <laughs> and it, it, like I said, it never gets so bad that you're like shaking your head in embarrassment, but it, it rides that line real close. But yeah. you can mostly ignore it. <laughs> I liked it. I thought the whole thing was going pretty good. Like, if you try to take this game seriously, it's like, you're just killing so many people just constantly just to have a fun race. <laughs> it's just like... From memory, Need for Speed Underground 2 uh, kind of takes this up another level to the point where it does start becoming cringy. So I'm glad that it never quite got to that stage. So do you want to start talking about the actual races now, Patrick? I want to hear your thoughts on uh, how it was for you uh, giving another spin uh, to racing games. So just to give people an idea of how this game controls, uh, particularly when you first start playing. So just without taking the crashing or anything into context, this is a pretty easy racing game to control your car when you first start out. So the corners that you're taking are generally fairly generous. You don't need to do any hand braking anywhere in the first half of the course. It's literally just you use a regular brake to slow down and drift around corners. There's a bit of trickiness there to timing the, the, the drift, but doing an imprecise drift doesn't really matter. I... Uh, the racetrack is always walled off and if you kind of slide into a corner you don't get punished that badly you kind of gently pushed off and can slide around yeah in like a lot of cases um the corners are so gentle that like if you're having a hard time taking the corner you can just like ride into the wall and hold boost to keep up your speed and you kind of just like slide along the wall around the corner if you're uh, not doing so well yeah, it, it might not be optimal, but it's not super punishing. Like, you can you yeah. can totally do that and get away with that. So, right away, I can say, just without talking about any of the things that make Burnout 3 special, this game was significantly easier for me to start playing and get stuck into because I wasn't being punished and I was basically being given gold medals for free like the first 20 percent of the game which was really nice yeah yeah the intro difficulty was a lot gentler this time around whereas before when we played f-zero it was like the first level uh was very difficult where here you know you're just kind of learning how to control your car how that slides about um and how to you know build boost effectively and that's the main resource of the game which is your speed boost which you get from generally performing risky maneuvers i'm gonna say for example um you know the racetracks are all on real city streets they're not like racetracks away from civilization so uh, if you drive in the wrong lane into oncoming traffic you get rewarded with boost if you drive really close to other cars um, and just miss them you get extra boost if you hit some you know really good drifts around the corner you get extra boost so i think the game does a good job of kind of incentivizing you to learn these you know these gameplay patterns uh, and try to go a bit out of your comfort zone in order to be rewarded the vast majority of boost though is given by battling other races so just crashing into other races uh 
tailgating other races, bumping into other races, that all gives you boost. But the real prize is making another racing car crash. And it's very generous in how it does this. Basically, if anyone crashes, whether you directly slammed into them or not, it gives you a big bunch of boost. It extends your boost meter and fills it up uh, if you are the closest car to that crash. And the amount you get for taking out another racer versus taking risky maneuvers, it's like tenfold. You are heavily, (laughs) heavily, heavily rewarded for crashing into other cars and knocking them down. And that is what you'll be spending the bulk of your time doing as you play this game. There was this point where I hit where, like, at the start of every race, what I do is, like, get, like, two takedowns um, and then have a huge boost bar and then just stay ahead with good driving for the rest of the, the lap. You know, maybe if I crash, I'll end up being able but like when you're ahead you can't really get takedowns because there's no cars around you um but you know I, I did find it quite fun like oftentimes i found myself uh you know mucking it up a bit and trying to like nudge a car into oncoming traffic only for myself to get nudged behind into that car myself um so you know good fun i think just calling it good fun for me at least is selling it short this is fucking awesome yeah basically burnout 3 takes this idea battling other cars while you're racing and it makes it pretty close to perfect as far as i'm concerned because it turns racing into this dual pronged thing it's like not only i i would say your ability to race around the track is just as important as your ability to knock out other races they're equally important and making racing about taking down other cars is a fucking awesome system that i love to pieces and i think that Everything in Burnout 3, even things which you'd normally think of as significant flaws, are actually geared towards making this racer battling as enjoyable as possible. In a lot of racing games, you, I guess you try to focus really hard on, you know, your cornering and, you know, doing the track as well as you can. But I think with the added layer of the battling of the oncoming traffic, which you have to weave and dodge around in order to get boost... Um, it adds this like micromanagement layer of engagement that isn't present in other racing games because you're constantly trying to like, you know, optimize your boost gathering as opposed to just, you know, paying attention to the next turn that's coming up. Uh, it's like constantly gripping you with engagement. I really love that about the game. I want to go into a couple of things here, James. Things which I normally think of as you know, where if if this wasn't so perfectly geared, I would highlight as significant problems. And I want to hear what you think about. So the first one is that Burnout 3 has no minimap. It's got no minimap to tell you what the racetrack looks like. You, you get a preview of it before you get into the race, but while you're actually racing, there is no way to see the racetrack. And there is no way to see where the other racers are positioned on that racetrack. So you can't see oh, I'm coming to the end of this lap, should I use all my boost now? Or this person is coming up close to me, should I do something about that? That that doesn't exist. You've got no knowledge of anything that's happening on the minimap. So James, did you find this irritating at all? Did this bother you? It actually did annoy me a little bit. I think that if the, the turns weren't so well signposted by the big glowing arrows um, that corner every street corner, um, it would have gotten on my nerves a whole lot more. 
Um, but, you know, not being able to see other races was also frustrating. You can kind of look behind you, um, but I think this is one area where the, the audio uh, kind of failed. Like, I think that if a car is really close behind you, usually you'd look at a mini-map or at least, you know, they'd be really loud and you could hear their engines getting closer and, you know, what side they're on. But I guess that was the main frustration for me, was not being able to tell how close an enemy was behind me. And oftentimes I feel like I got my like my rear wheels clipped and then I'd go straight into a, you know, a wall and explode because I had no idea where someone was. Uh, so this is a thing that became less annoying for me the more I played the game. So I think that in terms of like your ability to navigate the racetrack, not having the minimap is a disgrace and I, I missed it immediately. In terms of what Burnout 3's focus is, because this is Burnout 3, it was less of a problem. Because Burnout 3 doesn't want you to focus on optimizing your way through the racetrack. It wants you to spend all your time thinking, how do I kill this guy and this car? Not kill them, obviously. This is a this is a friendly matchbox, <laughs> you know, racing where if you if you get knocked to pieces, you immediately respawn. But yeah. that's what it wants you to focus on, the battling. It wants you to focus on the immediate moment. And it still irritated me a little bit, like you said, but if this was any other racing game, this would be a huge red flag for me. It would be a significant problem, right? Because it's Burnout 3, because of the focus is elsewhere, it's less of a problem. If I'm going to forgive any game for not having a minimap, it's this one. I still found it pretty annoying, to be honest. But, you know, um, not so much. Like, I think like it would pop up in my head every few hours playing the game, like, mm. briefly. Um, it wasn't a major issue for me. I think the game does a good job of conveying information about upcoming turns well enough that I can forgive it. Okay, let's get to big issue number two then. Because this one is, I think, a a much bigger one. And it's that of the rubber banding AI. In Burnout 3, it's impossible to get a significant lead on your opponents by racing perfectly. The AI will just catch up to you. Uh, you can you can't like be 10 seconds ahead one lap then 20 seconds then 30 seconds the game doesn't let you do that um the moment you get about eight seconds ahead i think it is roughly the ai will start to catch up to you you can stay ahead of them the entire race with good racing because it doesn't let the ai take over you necessarily but it won't let you demolish your opponents as you're racing. I did you have a did you have a different experience, James? Because I could never, no matter how much I boosted when I was ahead, ever get a significant lead on my opponents. As somebody who plays a lot of Mario Kart, which you know items fulfill the same role as this like artificial rubber banding you're talking about, I kind of really didn't bother me that much. I'm kind of used to it. Honestly, for Burnout 3, where, again, like you said, the focus is on this, like, micro-battling between the cars, um, it would be kind of boring if you always got so far ahead that you could no longer smash into, like, your enemy cars, right? Um, I actually think it's a good thing that, you know, the game tries, you know, as much as possible to keep the pack close together while still allowing you to win when you are playing better than the opponent. James, I completely agree. Took the words right out of my mouth. In any other game, rubber banding is heinous and shouldn't exist. In Burnout 3, it has a very specific purpose. It's not about creating these feelings of races being like artificially close. 
even though that that's what you know ends up happening it's because the game wants you to spend as much time as possible ramming into enemy vehicles <laughs> and rubber banding is the best way to accomplish that i mean the only other thing you could do is do what f0 gx does which which has no rubber banding and just make it so there's like 24 races on every track because <laughs> an f0 gx you can just get as far ahead of uh your opponents as you can race which i think is perfect for that game but you're regularly encountering other races because of how many races they are to the point that you will start um overtaking some races on some of the longer tracks but honestly uh, now that you mention it i think that having way more races would be really fun in this kind of game although i don't oh, know man. if the ps2 can handle it it might uh, be, it be too just much. complete chaos. Yeah, it could be. But maybe if there was like a game mode that specifically had a lot, I could see that. It'd be kind of <laughs> kind of enjoyable. There'd be a lot more like crashes chaining into other crashes <laughs> and pileups, yeah. which you know, like it's not good from a competitive standpoint, but it's pretty damn good from a fun standpoint. Balance is garbage in single player. Single player is for fun, and uh, you know, I think this game does a great job. Like, the odds are stacked against the enemy, right? Like, you get so much boost for taking out enemy players, it's absurd. Uh, I think uh, it's always heavily in your favour most of the time. I mean, that was another thing I was going to bring up, uh, the imbalance in how you gain boost. Like, they could have made it so that taking out enemies gave you a little bit and you got, you know, more from driving dangerously with your drifts and your misses and everything. Yeah. But they don't want the focus to be on the racing. The racing's important, like, don't get me wrong, but they're like, yeah, so we're going to give you one twentieth of a bar if you have a near miss, but if you take out an enemy vehicle, we're not only going to give you a full bar, we're going to double your boost bar. <laughs> so <laughs> And I, fill it what, completely, yeah. I mean, yeah. near miss gotta say near misses while we're talking about them probably my favorite mechanic in the game like i loved recklessly driving through traffic and you know dodging all these oncoming cars it was really fun i like when you fuck it up and you go crashing off the side it feels a little bad but you know the adrenaline you get from just like driving through an oncoming lane is great i loved it yeah the game the game is like very specifically designed to push you towards risk and yeah if if i had to like say like what what one of the things i admire about burnout 3 is that it has a very clear vision of what it's trying to accomplish and it you know it makes compromises and and has bad in inverted commas uh game mechanics in order to accomplish that vision it, it's a very it's a very cohesive experience you know something that isn't always true of these older games that are, are kind of like a mixed bag. Burnout 3 has a lot of problems, sure, but you can't deny that it's a, you know, you have a cohesive experience. It's a laser-focused experience, right? And it's yeah. like one that doesn't have a lot of extraneous fluff, you know, slogging down the experience. Like, my biggest criticism of the game was that it's on the PS2 and it's got so many load screens um between like once you finish a race there's like a load screen to the scoreboard and then a load screen to the map and each time the load screen happens it cuts the music off which uh, you know the licensed soundtrack for this game is fucking great um like if it was a more smooth experience like i think this game would be like close to perfect for me uh because you know there's no story getting in the way you just play race after race after race uh and it just feels really good to progress through the game James, we uh, just brought up the soundtrack. I think uh, it's about time for a music break. 
Um, and then we can give our thoughts on the soundtrack. Uh, P.S. It's incredible. So, James, what uh, what what song did you select for us today? So it's funny because the the soundtrack for Burnout Three is entirely a licensed soundtrack, and there is you know upwards of forty songs on the soundtrack. Forty five or so. Yeah. Forty five or so. Yeah, I was quite taken aback um at the sheer quality of them too like they're really consistently good songs as well um they're all like really high octane adrenaline pumping songs that fit the theme of the game you know when you're going you know 170 down the highway in the wrong lane and the music's pumping behind you it's so good um i really really enjoyed the soundtrack to this one too so my favorite song on the soundtrack was uh, animal by mudman which i think is a brilliant song on the soundtrack it like immediately kicks into gear there's no slow you know start up of the song it just immediately goes into overdrive right from the beginning and just perfectly fits the theme uh, i loved hammering it down the highway to this one so here is animal was animal and patrick i think uh, you probably like the soundtrack just as much as i do yeah i think this soundtrack is astonishingly good the fact that there are 45 songs on it and i don't think i listened to the whole soundtrack i don't think there's a single bad song like yeah. there, i think there's one which i wasn't too crash hot on it but it was still fine but there are so many 10 out of 10s on the soundtrack so most of it is like i guess you'd say it's alternative rock new metal emo i think there's like one one screamo sort of song on there but yeah. it does it it is kind of like a narrow band of music like we don't have any hip-hop here we don't have any i guess classic thrash metal or anything it, it obviously belongs to this very specific time period of late 90s early 2000s rock and roll mostly yeah and this is like this this is the time period where we kind of grew up in so i feel like we're pretty biased here um but it was super nostalgic for me uh the whole time like i heard all these songs growing up i mean we're biased in the sense that yes we have a predisposition to rock and roll sure but i don't think this is just 
run-of-the-mill replaceable rock and roll these are really good rock and roll songs like if someone said give me a sampling of what good music was like i i could just hand them the need for speed soundtrack need for speed the burnout uh, sorry, threes. No. sorry the burnout three soundtrack like uh, speaking of which this is as a as a whole soundtrack significantly better than need for speed underground 2 i i think it's the best racing game soundtrack i've listened to so I think that, yes, we're a little bit biased because it's our generations of music. But if you want a golden, shining example of our generations of music, yeah, just listen to the Burnout 3 soundtrack and you'll have a fantastic time. Yeah, I think it's uh, full of bangers. Um, So can we talk about drifting for a second? Because this is like the reason i like racing games um yeah is let's do it drifting and races and i think that drifting is a really important uh game mechanic for racing games because drifting makes corners fun instead of not right like if the game didn't have drifting every time you come up to a corner you'd have to break and slow down who the fuck wants to slow down when playing a racing game right you want to keep your speed up the whole time and it's not like you can just do it easily right you have to learn to do it as you play the game um and you know different cars because you get lots of different cars while playing burnout 3 uh, and you get them in classes so you start off with like compact cars and then you go up to like american muscle cars and eventually all the way up to like you know your super sports cars and they all handle very differently around corners and i found that you know getting good at drifting in a particular class of car uh, only to be you know have that all thrown out the window with a new class of car and have to do it all over again was really fun like i really enjoyed mastering little turns there was this one crazy turn in the europe section of the the world um that i could not land for so long but when i finally figured out how to get the perfect drift around it so rewarding yeah i would say most of the challenge of playing burnout 3 comes in two places it's avoiding uh avoiding civilian vehicles on some very very busy streets but the other big thing is your ability to drift uh particularly when you start mastering drifting around a corner and slamming your boost at the right time to keep your speed balanced because obviously Mm. when you're when you're drifting you you got to slow down i mean you're taking a corner but optimizing not slowing down too much and then hitting the boost at the right time to recover from it is uh is very satisfying james dumb question sorry forgive me did f-zero gx have drifting i remember having some very tight turns yeah so it had the shoulder button turns which were a bit like but it's not i it's a bit different it feels a bit different to a traditional uh racing game power slides um but it does have it did have them in a sense and i did make use of them in f-zero gx yeah because um, i remember in f-zero i tended to pick the races that had very high maneuverability like high turning speed and i yeah. felt like i think of a corner in f-zero gx and i'm like yeah i can do that and then i think transplanting that corner into into burnout three i'm like that's fucking impossible so it must have had a different system for the corners, although I can't... It, it must be those uh, shoulder buttons that I'm thinking of to take yeah. those hairpin turns. So most of my experience in racing games comes from actually doing time trials in Mario Kart, which, you know, you have to optimize drifts within, like, you know, a pixel of the edge to get that, you know, time off of your best lap. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
I guess the kinds of carts that I'm used to playing are the ones that have a really high top speed, but dog shit turning because you just make up for that with good power slides. Um, mm. So I felt pretty comfortable because when you jumped up in Burnout 3 from the compact series of cars to the American Muscle, those things turn like a truck. Um, yep. But, you know, for me, that was fine because I just slid around the corner. Um, and honestly, I was the most comfortable with that series of cars because of that. Um, so it was really satisfying to get to do that here. Yeah, I um I struggled with the muscle cars. I I really need more maneuverability with my cars to take those corners properly, and yeah. that's probably just an experience thing. But I I always went for the car because you usually get a few few variations on the model if you're mm. if you're completing all the events kind of in tandem, which is what I was doing. And I always went for the um for the ones that had the highest maneuverability. Yeah, so I was always just hitting that top speed as much as I could. Um, so, did you do you enjoy the the gameplay mechanic? I maybe probably not as high on it as I am, but of I drifting. Can, yeah, that's a lot to the game in my in my opinion. Like it's interesting. I I guess I think drifting is important, but I was I guess I struggled to master it in the same way you did. Mm. I was getting better at it, but I would not say I was anywhere close. Uh, to mastering it i did a lot of um crashing into walls and you know <laughs> i'd be going into corners at the wrong angle or at the wrong speed and i think that once again the the fact that the rewards are so heavily targeted at knocking out other races meant that i felt like i spent most of my time playing burnout 3 optimizing my ability to kill other drivers okay, instead sure. of optimizing it towards nailing my ability to move around the track Whereas with F0GX, the entire time I was playing that game, I felt I was getting better and better and better and better at all of those fundamental racing mechanics. Mm -hmm. So I enjoyed it. I think it was good, but I don't think I got the same value out of it as you did because I just wanted to destroy other people's cars <laughs> while staying in about second-ish, second to first-ish place for most of the race. Uh, just to avoid the rubber banding. And then I would um, use my boost aggressively whenever I started to mm. fall back and I needed to catch back up to that place. Well, let's talk about the, I guess, the skill progression. Like, I felt like I got a lot better at playing this game than I was at the beginning. Um, mm. Like, one area in particular that I, you know, stopped sucking at was, I think when I first started playing, um, I was just, like, holding the boost button down constantly. Um, this is a huge mistake because um, basically like when you're going at top speed if you then put boost on you'll get like i don't know like you know 10 miles or whatever or kilometers um you know you, you're at 170 and then you go to 180 it's not that much but like if you take a corner shittily and you drop down to 100 you can then accelerate really fast um you know back up to your top speed so using it to kind of like keep your top speed up rather than to get that extra um i found to be a much better strategy as i played yeah and and like i said there's literally no point boosting if you're first because you yeah. cannot get ahead of the pack so well need... yeah it depends like that eight second window like you're talking about if you're like one second ahead i can see you doing it to make a bit of distance but you know mm. once you're really far ahead the rubber banding is going to kick in and you're just kind of like wasting it whereas you could save it so that if you do crash you can kind of you know catch back up later yeah and the thing is boosting is really important for battling other cars 
because yeah. if there's a car driving a little bit in front of you, you get to boost at the right time at the right angle and you can take them out. If you've got no boost, your ability to kind of like maneuver yourself to knock out another car is really is lowered by a lot. So if you approach this game in the in the mindset of not using your boost like it. F Zero GX has a has a similar thing where there's a boost, which is also tied to a car's health, which is another cool risk yeah. uh, risk mechanic. But basically, in in that game, you would use your boost on open stretches a hundred percent of the time because that was the safest place to hit max speed to get an edge on your opponents. Right? You just always yeah. do that. If yeah. you try to do that in Burnout Three, it's a big mistake. It isn't a get ahead mechanic. It's a help me get out of speed speed drops and battle opponents mechanic. I felt myself getting a lot better over the course of the game. Like, uh, I was much easier able to weave through traffic towards the end of my playtime, um, which was very satisfying. Um, I think the game does a lot of stuff to try and, like, help you avoid feel-bad crashes. So um, I did notice mm. that every time you go over a hump, um, there's never ever... A car just on the other side of the hump for you to crash in because you know you can't see anything um although i do think it kind of failed a bit on corners like sometimes you'd nail this like sick drift and then you just crash into something out of your blind spot that was really annoying um but on the whole i think the game does do a good job of avoiding those feel bads the um the other notable thing is that when you do successfully make another car crash uh, it kind of cuts to a slow-mo cinematic shot of that car spiraling out of control. Um, and then it dumps your car back on the track or it clears the traffic in front of it so that you don't like immediately crash in, you know, with a car in front of you as you're exiting this slow-mo. It yeah. kind of gives you a little bit of invulnerability, so it lets you enjoy the feeling of wrecking someone else's car without the feel-bad of, Oh, now we're snapping you into into your car going at 170 kilometers, and you immediately yeah. Crash and actually, as well. in some cases, you notice that it actually moves your car for you um, yeah. while it's showing you that. And in other cases, I saw my car just drive through another car, like as if yep. like no clip was turned on, and that was fine. I'm perfectly happy uh, for that shit to happen so that I don't get any like unfair crashes. Uh, I think it did. You know, if it didn't have this stuff, this game would be really frustrating. Um, although I will say one thing that did annoy me a bit was when you do crash, there's a lot of there's like there's like slightly too much downtime between, you know, you watching your own crash and you getting back into the action. Like I reckon if that window was like a second and a half shorter, it would be you know, but I wasn't crashing that often near the end, like maybe once or twice, um, if that. Oh, you mean when your car crashed? Yeah, when you crash. I reckon yeah. sometimes you're like, I just want to play the game again, right? Like respawn I, um, me already. I, I don't know if there's an option to turn all that stuff off. Maybe there is. Doubt I assume it. in multiplayer, when you make end a fellow car crash, it just doesn't have any of that cinematic stuff, which which I think would also be fine. Um, I Like, <laughs> I know I keep banging on about this, but it's just once again Burnout 3's vision. It, it wants there to be a, spe a spectacle involved. Is that, is that spectacle, does that lead to the best racing game experience over a long period of time? No, it doesn't. Like, you don't need to see the car getting spiralled up into the air for the eighth time. But 
it's really cool when it happens and you enjoy it for what it is right i did like when you crash it gives you this like almost pro skater like yeah uh yeah this (laughs) score it's like your car flips three times plus a side this much air time yeah yeah (laughs) and it all adds up and you get this little point score and if you like what after you've crashed you can like go into slow-mo and kind of like steer your exploding car and if you take out other races during this you get a heap of boost when you respawn yeah which i thought was really funny yeah it, it it goes like the extra mile to make everything just like fun right like it has this crazy vision like you said and executes it flawlessly uh i, I honestly really really impressed with this you know pretty old game <laughs> well uh when we're talking you were talking about the learning curve before and how it gradually um increase the challenge i think the other thing it does that's really important um is it gradually increases the speed of your car and the cars of your competitors because burnout 3 is a very fast game it's i don't know if it's faster than f-zero gx i don't think it quite hits that speed but it's at least comparable like it's it's reaching those kinds of speeds. yeah it's way faster than i was expecting like i picked burnout 3 because i was like oh this silly arcadey game uh you know won't be as hectic for patrick after f-zero but this game's like basically just as fast as like pod racer and gx uh, but importantly it doesn't start you off insanely fast it just starts you off being regular fast and then yeah. it lets you build up towards the um the supercars which are actually just insane Crazy it's fast? It is, yeah, the supercars great. feel like they're not made for the tracks you're racing on the amount of times you need to be braking and drifting to take some of these corners it it becomes very challenging actually yeah you kind of need to like preemptively drift like a a fair few meters before the curve um and then you can make the those ones when you're going that fast um which i found really enjoyable like i agree with you like the fact that it gets faster and faster as you play um and it really does nail that sense of speed. Like, I love when you hit the boost and it changes your field of view to make you feel like, you know, you know those that classic effect when you're watching this spaceship go into hyperdrive in a sci-fi <laughs> movie and everything, like, goes, like, really towards the center of the screen? It makes you feel like you're going so much faster than you actually are when you're holding that button. It's great. Well, James, actually, I think we should spend some time talking about the um, the graphics because that seems like a reasonable segue into how this game's presented. But before we do, what about another music break? Yeah, sure, and I guess it's your turn. Yeah, as I said, I love the music. It was actually quite hard for me to choose one that I um, thought was better above all the others. But I think I got to go with the Von Bondies. Come on, come on. The uh, opening guitar rift is just classic and... I don't know, it, it really has that kind of grungy grungy <laughs> feel to it that I love, but it, you know, it's got a um it's got a very nostalgic feeling beneath it of uh of uh missing times when we were young. So I don't know. I think I think it's a great rock song and um I'm not talking about the One Direction song which shares the same name. This is Come On Come On by the Von Bondies.
Nose, come on, come on, Pat. You wanted to jump in a bit to the graphics and that. You, you alluded, alluded to this earlier. You're a bit down on the visuals of Burnout 3. Well, the main... So firstly, I, I, don't, I must have stuffed up how you sent me the graphics because I was not impressed with the visuals of this game at all. Um, we've talked about it many times before when these old games try to emulate realistic things they very rarely stand the test of time and i think this game is a very good example of a game that doesn't fit the test of time the environments are very low poly you know very polygon the cars are low polygon uh and i think it even leads to some gameplay issues for me maybe you've got better eyes than i do james but certainly at least when i was starting i had a lot of problems with the visual clarity of this game where you're boosting around and you kind of see a flicker of of what appears to be car lights and then you crash into a civilian vehicle just because you couldn't super clearly distinguish that low polygon model in the distance from the background super clearly. So if I had to pick one area in which Burnout 3 has, you know, failed the test of time, it's definitely its visuals. And, uh, I think it's still pretty damn ugly game. So I have a few disagreements with you here. Um, mm. So with the clarity of the vehicles, one thing that the game does is that the rear view lights, like the brake lights of cars, are always on and they're always like super exaggerated. Like the lights on these things are like 10 times brighter than any real car would be so that you can like see traffic a mile off. Um, this is less relevant when you're driving into oncoming traffic. It gets a bit difficult. Um, but I found that, you know, I didn't really have a problem with seeing cars on the road. Secondly, it's funny, I was actually watching gameplay footage of Cyberpunk um, earlier today, and this game has better crash models than that game does. Like, when a car crashes in Cyberpunk, the car barely changes. Like, you can smash it into a brick wall and it just, like, bounces off it, whereas, like, James. cars get so smashed up in Burnout. We, we can't use Cyberpunk as a comparison point <laughs> for doing car physics well. That is not a valid comparison. You need to compare it to, like, GTA V. Compare it to a game that actually has good car physics because your comparison hey. says more about the quality of Cyberpunk than it does the quality of Burnout 3. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, although, to be fair, when I played GTA V last, I did not like the car physics in that game because it just, like, refuses to let you crash or to tip your car. It just, like, flips you up and lets you keep on going. There is no punishment for anything in that game. I will um, say I did like GTA 4's car physics better than GTA A lot 5's. better? I agree. Yeah. It's so yeah. much more satisfying to master. Um, like, the the smashing up of your car is actually really good, I found. Um, yeah, I will agree that's with true. You, I will agree with you that the level of detail uh, in the environment is, like, god-awful. But you're going so fast you can't really tell half the time. Uh, like... Let me let me give you an example of like an area where I really struggled where I think it part of it was the visuals problem. There's um there's a few United States tracks where you go under like it's like you go underneath a tunnel and the tunnel is filled with traffic and there's big pylons uh you know yeah, underneath the, like railways. Yeah. yeah. And it's 
it's kind of crowded and if the visuals were clear i think it would be a lot easier to zoom past that area even though it's still difficult i think that there's a visual muddiness there so I, I, all I'm saying is that, and I'm not saying, and I think that over time I got better at reading it, as you said, but I think that this is an instance where the visuals do have an impact on the gameplay. And there are definitely moments playing this game uh, where the visual muddiness is going to cause you gameplay issues. But yeah, the more you play, the better you get at reading it. Yeah, and before I you know, pumped my graphics settings in the emulator, I found the menus to be kind of blurry too. Um, when I, you know, boosted up a bit, everything looked a lot sharper. Like I barely had any, uh, aliasing issues once I'd, you know, increased my settings, but you know, your mileage is going to vary based on your settings. And even if you play the, you know, the actual PS2 physical copy of the game. Um, so I'm mostly, uh, like I half and half agree with you. Uh, the visuals are definitely like the weakest part of the game. Um, but you don't think it had the same gameplay impact that, that I'm arguing? Yeah. No, it didn't bother me as much as you. Okay. The the other thing I wanted to talk about, and this is like, I'm I'm no gearhead. Like, I, I'm not super into cars or anything. But one of the things that stands out, stood out to me with Burnout 3 versus Need for Speed Underground 2 is that none of these cars are licensed. It's not like this is this car, um, yeah. this specific car. It's just the Muscle series and the Super series and the or the Cooper series. It just has all these series of these cars that are kind of like uh, obviously the official models, but they aren't allowed to call them that. Yeah, because you unlock a lot of cars in this game, and I just barely gave a shit. Like the only yep. time I cared was when we got a new series. But every time you unlocked a car within that series, and you do this a lot, like every time you finish a race, you unlock like three cars, and I was like mashing through them. I just did not give a shit. And you know, for the record, I really don't care about cars in general. Like it's a mm. tool for me to get to work, and that's it. But you know. I agree. Need for Speed does a way better job of like making you think, you know, my car looks cool uh, or, you know, this is something I get excited about is getting a new car to drive around. And I did not care about that at all here. Yeah. Like I remember when I was playing Need for Speed Underground 2, there's something it, it's like um, it's like the old soccer games. Like it was always pro evolution soccer, I think, against the FIFA soccer games. And back in the day, I don't know where the balance is anymore, but people thought that the Pro Evolution soccer games, some of them were stronger than the FIFA offerings, but they didn't have the licensed players. And yeah, you can say, well, it's just about gameplay, but when it comes to aesthetics, capturing the real world equivalent of the cars, I think does matter. And I think it's something that Need for Speed definitely pips this one over. Like I still remember the Mazda MX-5 from Need for Speed Underground 2. If that was just generic car 84, then it wouldn't have stuck. And I can't say that any of the cars from Burnout 3 have stuck with me in any meaningful way. It, so It did matter more in Need for Speed where you had a lot of customization options for the and different stats of the and, car. Yeah. yeah. Um, but no, I agree that's a weakness here. Um, you don't really get invested. Um, 
I only got a few more notes for this game. Uh, it seems pretty obvious to me that this is a, you know, we're both pretty high on this one. Um, but I just wanted to touch briefly on the race game modes. How did you feel about these? Did you, you know, enjoy the general variety um, of the, you know, the races? Were they different enough for you? Yeah, we, we didn't really end up going to, to, into too much detail. So there's the crashes. We've talked a lot about the racing. Um, so the the race modes are there's the normal race where you complete two or three laps normally. There's fast lap, which is just a time trial mode where you complete a single lap as fast as you can. It doesn't it doesn't let you do like three laps and you get the fastest time. It's just one lap. There's eliminator, which is that every time you complete a lap, it eliminates the car in last place. So those are five lap races with uh, with six races. And then you've got the Grand Prix, which are three. Is it always three or sometimes more races? Uh, three races, yeah. Yeah. And the funniest thing about the Grand Prix is that they're not really Grand Prix. Did you notice this, James? Yeah. <laughs> so, so normally in Grand Prix, the way it works in F-Zero GX is that there's five races. And what you do is you go, all right, I place third in this race, second in this race. And every time you finish one, you move on to the next one. In this game, in Burnout 3... You are allowed to restart the race after each one, after failing each one. So you come you come first in the first race, then you bomb out in the second race and lose because you do a few bad crashes. You're like, I just want to restart that one. And it saves your first place result in the first yeah. race. It also <laughs> does that thing that lots of racing games do, um, that I know this by feel rather than knowing it concretely, is that... One of the ra the AI races is just always so much better than the rest of them, just so, you know, you don't get this situation where, uh, you know, a bunch of different races get first place and because you came third every time, you still win. Um, there's always, like, if you come second every time, you will lose these Grand Prix because there's this one guy who always wins when you don't. Pretty suspicious. But yeah, yeah I mean, honestly... <laughs> At the end of the day, all of those modes, they kind of blend together. Like, yeah, they're slightly different, but they're mostly the same. I guess Fast Lap as a time trial mode is a bit different, although I'm kind of irritated that you only get to do one lap. It's just time wasting to have to just keep going into it. Um, I thought Road Rage was really fun. Uh, yeah, Road Rage is just, there's no, there's you don't need to cross a finish line. It's just you and an endlessly spawning string of other cars and you have a takedown goal like you need to take down 12 cars to get the gold medal you know nine cars for yep. silver three for bronze or whatever it is and every time you crash your car gets more and more damage and after about five crashes that's it so if you just go into the battling other cars that's this mood mode just distilled to just that it's literally just battling other Smashing cars and trying into to cars. destroy them yeah yeah and it's really satisfying to like chain a whole heap of them together if you can mm -hmm. like knock one out and then that car's crashed wreckage takes a couple out too so good uh i fucking love it it's so good they they really like distilled the uh you know the crash gameplay of burnout 3 into the purest form with uh this game mode it's definitely my favorite after honestly i think that just normal race ended up being my um my favorite mm -hmm. game mode funnily enough um but this was a close second ahead of all the other different types of races um it was you know a really enjoyable thing to do you know every you know three or four races you get to do one of these and it was always good fun it was the same with me normal race was the f was my favorite because i think that 
the balancing act of racing plus taking out other uh, cars ends up being more fun than just taking out other cars. Uh, having to constantly be looking at the turns while at the same time trying to... And often, I don't know if this happened too much, but often I'd be coming to a corner and I there'd be another car a little bit in front of me and I had to make the decision whether to try and optimally drift uh, to take the corner properly or just try and wreck the other car. And I got to say, right or wrong, nine times out of ten, <laughs> I tried to wreck the other car. And you, often it ended with me slamming into a wall. But... I think, like, once, like, in the entire time I was playing the game, I managed to do both at the same time, and it was so satisfying. <laughs> yeah, that uh, would be, yeah. Most of the time, like, honestly, heaps of the times where I tried to do that, I just ended up totaling my own car. But, uh, yep. you know, that one time was worth it, and I had a lot of fun trying, even if I failed most of it. Um, it was good stuff. Um, so... I guess that's going to start leading us into final impressions. I think I've re- I've reached the end of my notes, unless you had anything else to go on. No, I think I've gone through most of what I wanted to. All right, Pat, give us your final thoughts. Uh, was this game a more enjoyable experience than F-Zero? Burnout 3 Takedown is a fantastic game. Um, and for me, overall, it was a more enjoyable game than F-Zero GX. Uh but I think in time I might come back to F-Zero. But that's that's for another day. Burnout 3, with its razor-sharp focus on destroying other cars while you're racing, achieves something for me that I don't think... I mean, obviously I'm not an expert in the genre, but I think it achieves something that a lot of racing games don't even come close to, which is that it's just incredibly fun. Like, I had so much fun with Burnout 3... Um, balancing the the dance of trying to not crash with crashing into people and taking them to town and i think that burnout 3 everything all of its mechanics and all of the decisions with its many gameplay devices have all been elegantly designed to maximize the fun you get out of crashing into other cars there's not many wrong foots here and mechanics which would be a drawback in any other game are done really well in this game so i think burnout 3 is fantastic i think you should play it today i think it's a classic that has stood the test of time and uh yeah it's it's even great for a newcomer to the racing genre like me with how smooth its difficulty curve is and you can't forget the soundtrack if you put on the burnout 3 soundtrack right now and listen to it for the two hours or whatever it takes to listen to every single song you won't be disappointed great game honestly one of the better games we've done in terms of just overall excellent quality i uh, very impressed highly recommended this game's fucking amazing like it's not just the fact that it's got this like laser sharp focus it's the fact that it ma- maintains its levels of fun throughout the entire experience right there is not a moment in this game where it drags or you know you get a bit bored you can always come back to it and have fun again and again and again right like it lets you pick the races and what order you want to race them in you know you can do your races your crash zones or your road rage whenever you feel like uh this game is just pure unadulterated fun uh no story getting in the way nothing like that it's just racing and really damn good racing at that i love drifting around corners building up boosts smashing into cars you know careening around corners into oncoming traffic it's a blast like this entire game 
is just jam-packed with fun. Everything about it, you know, builds towards that cohesive vision, and that's what makes a truly fantastic game. Burnout 3 for me has absolutely stood the test of time. I've had more fun uh, with this game in these past two weeks than many, many of the games we've played on this podcast. Uh, this gets an outstanding recommendation for me. Uh, it is a masterpiece, in my opinion. Uh, great game, and I'm so glad we got to do it this fortnight. I can't remember being us being this upbeat since like Katamari Damacy, maybe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow, imagine us enjoying a video game. What the hell Man, is we this dropped show? A lot, yeah, we dropped more F-bombs this episode than probably the uh, whole uh, series of the show. We don't say fun a lot. <laughs> the, oh, That's... fun, right. I thought I was about to say, I said the F word an awful lot on the Lunar Silver Star Story episode. Yeah, you fucking But that's did. a different, different kind of F, uh, F word. Uh, so yeah, that, that's it, guys. Thank you so much for listening to us rant about Burnout Three. Uh, if you enjoyed rant? the show, yeah, well, it wasn't a rant. It's kind Thank of you a for rant, listening. Yeah. Thank you for listening to us uh, gush about Burnout Three. Uh, James and I make up the Retrospectors podcast each and every fortnight. We review these classic games and then talk about them for a very long time. Um, you can find all of our content on our website, which is rspodcast.net. We've got all of our episodes there. We've got a bunch of articles that James and I have written there. And uh, we've got links to all of our social media stuff, with the most important one being our Discord server. James and I love talking about video games. We love arguing about video games. And the best place to continue that argument, to give us your opinions on what we were right and wrong about, is our Discord server, where we talk about all games, old and new. So we would love if you would drop by and join the conversation. So, James, that's it for episode 54. And since Burnout 3 was your game, it's time for me to choose. Wow, you actually get to pick a game again. It's been, what, like six weeks or something since you picked one? <laughs> Listen, James, we got to do Dark Souls. I don't even care. I I mean, the fact that I got that makes means that you could, I'm more than happy for you to have those episodes in a row. <laughs> so the game that I have decided to do is a bit of an interesting one. It's a game I had never played before. It's called Siberia. Uh, it's a point-and-click adventure game, and it's one that's being recommended by a couple of different people in our Discord server and in real life all uh, over time. It's a very, it's meant to be a very comfy point-and-click adventure. Now, I have serious reservations for the quality of the entirety of the genre that is point-and-click adventures. So I'm sure we're going to have an interesting discussion about it. Have you have you heard of this game before, James? Uh, no, I hadn't actually until we were recommended it the first time. I was always a big fan of point-and-click adventures. The very first video game I ever played was a point-and-click adventure, in fact. So, you know, I've got a lot of nostalgia for the genre. And I was actually really surprised you picked one because I know that you have a lot of reservations about the genre. So I'll be interested to uh, see if we can get some good discussion out of that in the next fortnight. It um it's one of those things like I have I've also played a lot of them myself like Monkey Island games are very I've played the first four Monkey Island games so I've I've played I've played my fair share of them but I think that they have serious problems as a genre that's beautifully articulated in an old man Murray article that I'm I'll be more than happy to share any chance I get. So I might pop that in the show notes for this weekend next week. <laughs> so I get the maximum number of people reading it. But yeah, I, I think it'll be an interesting discussion either way.
Yeah, I uh, a big fan of story-heavy games, and point-and-click adventures are like the the slightest step up from being a visual novel. So hmm. as long as the story's good, I couldn't care less about the garbage gameplay. So we'll see how uh, it holds up in the next fortnight. So thank you everybody for listening, and we'll see you next fortnight for Siberia. Adios, everyone.